Hi, welcome to the Design Thinking Roundtable, a podcast which explores various aspects of design and how it can create change and social impact. Amanda Fired, an ethnographer who researches, teaches, and practices human-centered design with a focus on social innovation and collaboration. And I love having conversations on design with passionate and mindful designers. Joanna Kazakalemush is a designer and researcher leading projects that support sustainability innovation. Since completing her PhD at Central St. Martin's College of Design, she has run an independent practice in design for sustainability. She has worked with a variety of organizations across multiple geographies. Joanna was founding faculty of a Disruptive Design Education Code, University of Applied Sciences in Berlin. She has also been teaching at the Copenhagen Institute of Interaction Design, the Stockholm School of Creative Entrepreneurship, and ESEC Business School in Lisbon. Joanna is currently building Unusual Research, the first global collective of creatives with sustainability expertise. So thank you, Joanna, for, for joining us today. Um, I, you know, I think that to, to start the conversation, if you could tell me a little bit more about your journey, your background, and how did you get interested in human-centered design, design research, and design for sustainability, uh, if there was any specific event, moment, or person that uh, triggered your interest. So thank you so much for having me here and share a little bit of my, my journey uh, and experiences so far. Um, my background as a designer is um, communication design. So I did my undergraduate program in, in Lisbon and um, graduated as a graphic designer, communication designer in a broader sense as well. So I suppose the, the core of my, of my practice has always been about storytelling and visualization as well as engaging people in creating these stories together, right? So after my undergrad, I moved to London and did my master's in communication design with a focus on, at the time, what we called green graphic design. So this was 2007. And um, very strong interest at the time in more um, eco-friendly ways of producing, Uh, graphic design, everything from the actual print materials to the messaging on it. Uh, there was like a big, um, uh, a, a strong uh, group in London at the time, um, also led by companies like Thomas Matthews, who were really pushing for uh, messaging, um, but also working with clients that respected such values. Um, and corporate social responsibility was the term that was widely used uh, at the time. So this became really my, my interest as a, as a young designer to engage with these agencies and small studios that were really pioneering uh, the core of what would be sustainable design. Um, I then was invited to work on a project in Thailand Uh, in 2009, which was, I suppose, the pivoting point of my interests as a designer. So I was sent there as a graphic designer to help um, a foundation called the Doi Tung Project, um, 
which is sponsored by the, the royal family in Thailand, to help create a brand and a story for products made by hill tribes in the north um, on the border with Laos, so in the, in the um, Chiang Rai region. And I was there for a few months uh, as a graphic designer to help create this brand, but what really triggered me was um, a few uh, graduates from Columbia University who were there as anthropologists. And, you know, in the evenings, uh, there was no internet or electricity, so we would sit together and talk, and I would learn a lot more about what they were doing there as anthropologists. So they were there to document the livelihoods of the people that I was designing a brand for. And to me, it, you know, design research wasn't a term uh, that I was uh, familiar with back then, or even field research for design. So I became very curious about what they were doing and how they were engaging these communities in workshops and really getting to know their, their lives, their families, their homes. And when I left Thailand, I decided um, to really try to engage more in this practice. So I came to learn more about design research and um, how to how to become a design researcher in that sense. So then I I c continuing in the thread of design and sustainability. I applied for uh, PhD programs with a project that was then fully funded and became my my PhD research at Central Saint Martins in two thousand and twelve. Suppose the the nucleus of my work is design for sustainability. That's always been the core. It's just taken different shapes and forms over the years, also as the context changes and the industry changes as well. You talked about design for sustainability, and I, I'm curious if you could, you know, sustainability is becoming like this big word. And so it'd be uh, really interesting if you could um, share with us a little bit more of a, what is it exactly, um, that you're doing when you're thinking of design for sustainability. Uh, I know that, for example, also your work started uh, being a human-centered designer. And so how does it shift uh, once you, you know, move from just focusing on the human and designing products and services to them to maybe being, you know, broader? So the, the way I've seen and experienced the, the discipline evolve over the years um, I think that ultimately um, also um, shapes how we define uh, human-centered design and then design, design for sustainability. I think um, human-centered design came from at a time where we got very deep um, into knowledge about human experience, um, empathy, um, cognition, uh, the impact and the livelihoods. Of, of communities that we are designing for, also supporting the global south in development um, and, and enhancing quality of life. Uh, we then came to a point where technology kicked in quite strongly, right? And I think this has accelerated um, the way that we understand impact of products and services um, from a material science point of view. So you know, everything from minerals and plastics and um, advanced ways of um, 
producing new new materials, biomaterials, but also recycling them, right? Um, or also the um, the knowledge in extending the life of products advanced quite quickly. And, and we came to this point where it no longer became only about enhancing quality of life for the people that we serve, but also about how the products and the services we introduce in their lives really um, also have, have an impact. So in my view, um, design for sustainability is a more holistic perspective um, than looking at just the social impact or the environmental um, impact of, of, of design. Sustainability, is it is a huge word. It's a word that uh, honestly I've really struggled with for, for many years, probably a decade. And uh, I, I wish to come to the point where I don't have to say it anymore, but it, that point hasn't really arrived yet. Um, and, you know, we keep, we keep generating new vocabulary, um, you know, around the Anthropocene as well that, that we want to use and keep labeling things. But ultimately, it just really comes down to creating a, a holistic um, and um, self-sufficient, healthy environment for people and planet. Um, and the word sustainability has a problem in its core, which is, you know, we're it means we want to sustain and to sustain what is really the question, you know, like who or what are we trying to sustain and for what purpose. Over the years, the, the most um, healthy, I would say, definition of, of sustainability and designing for sustainability I've come across is from John Ehrenfeld. And he, he talks about sustainability as flourishing rather than just sustaining. And flourishing means helping, helping an ecosystem thrive and an ecosystem made of people, place, and, um, and really helping, helping flourish over the years. Uh, and flourish really implies transformation, whether sustainability implies sustaining it to be the same or to keep being the same. And I think transformation, um, the natural course of life is important to keep in mind when we're building things. Um, there are, nothing is made to last forever, but it's, it's more about understanding how, what is the course of life of something and the parts that need to eventually die out. How will they die out in a healthy way that is um, not injuring um, the, the ecosystem and the parts that thrive or flourish over time, how will they transform? What will they become next? I really like this notion of transformation. It seems like a great way to rethink the concept of sustainability, which tends to be overused as you noted. Circular design is another term that keeps being mentioned in conversation about sustainability. What's your view about it? Yes, yeah, so, so circular design um, as a methodology um, has greatly evolved over, over the last like th three to five years, let's say, and the Ellen MacArthur Foundation has been really pioneering um, this field and also in terms of educating a wider public on what we mean when we talk about designing circularly. Um, in my work, it, it does come through in my work because 
um, clients, especially clients that are more focused on industrial product, um, are concerned <laughs> on how to transform a linear design process into a more circular design process, which is incredibly complex, um, not just in the adjustments that need to be made uh, from linear to circular, which implies, you know, changing in the way materials are extracted to um, how they're processed, how uh, factories operate essentially, uh, to then distribution, end of life, care and consumer education as well. So it's a very lengthy and costly um, upgrade, I would say, to many um, companies, but they are interested and uh, for a number of reasons, right? Not just the regulations as pressing uh, matters that they have to respond to, um, but also related to climate, but also um, consumer demand, right? And that has been more where my practice has engaged. So really understanding what are the signals, um, what are the motivations of consumers and users, uh, what do they care about when it comes to the products that they use. However, circular design, um, it, it is a complex um, methodology, right? It's complex to understand and it's complex to practice. Um, I do think it's important that we keep exploring it um, and talking about it in an easy enough language that can be um, spread and, and, and um, diffused a little bit in the same way that the design thinking, quote, quote, uh, methodology was some years ago, I think it's very important that we diffuse this understanding of what it is to design something circularly, what it is to understand um, at the end of a product life, what can be repurposed, reused, transformed, and what can't. And how do we deal with what can't be transformed? Where does it go? <laughs> it doesn't just disappear. So what do we do with that? Um, it's, it's, it's a very important concept because um, I think it's the closest that we've got to, to really designing um, for life, in a way, to really designing from the birth of a product that we create to, to its death or transformation. I have this sense that there is a clear desire from companies to, you know, do more than just greenwashing and that there's a an increasing desire to be more sustainable, but that there's also a sense of like not knowing what to do. So I'm curious, like when you you get your client, uh, do you do they come usually with like, oh, I really want to be you know, more sustainable and I, I want to learn more? Or is it something, because I, I had a, a few people who say, well, they, they kind of always add that question to make sure that people think about it. So people come to you because they need help or do you have sometimes people who come to you just because you're a designer and then you're able to lead them to get to being more sustainable and thinking more about circularity? I feel quite um, lucky now that I am approached because I've had this experience in the field for a few years, whether um, some years ago it, it would be me proposing it as a, 
yes and have you thought about <laughs> the the sustainable impact of your product service yes and have you you know considered um you know using different materials or you know really trying to understand what your consumer cares about from a you know sustainability point of view ultimately a company is approaching saying um we're launching this new offering uh we're launching this new brand this new product we need to learn more about how people will respond to it we need to understand if if you know how do we shape it in a way that it's most uh valuable or questions like we have this product uh it's working well in europe but we're launching in china the understanding of sustainability is different how do we contextualize um that's also a question that's happening um frequently because um you know that like like we we talk about the designing for context uh in the same way uh, the understanding of um sustainability or different environmental concerns uh, vary from geography to geography as well at the moment those are the types of questions that i'm i'm approached with um other types of questions that clients come with is um more on the in-house and in-house training as well which would be um you know how do we get our teams to engage and understand um you know what, what can we develop trainings can we develop our own internal toolkits that we can use to get better at this um and i think that's a very exciting opportunity for for designers um in this field uh in general to come in and also become a little bit of a coach or a mentor in this way of companies that want to do better but are not sure how to joanna we talked about design for sustainability and circular design another term that people mention in this field is planet centered design How would you define planet-centered design? So for me, the the understanding of planet-centric is not not just about involving the planet as an actor in this uh, ecosystem, but to really to think planetary means to to really use the technology that we have in our favor to understand this much really complex scope of of impact. Um, ultimately, we do live in a in a globalized um economy and and it is important to to have that system perspective if if we're going with this methodology of planet centric design then we have to be able to really zoom in uh on specific uh points of this planet right um so for example um the best example i can give is if we're looking at a supply chain of a product um inevitably it's a global supply chain these days and we we can we really have the ability to zoom in on specific points along that journey and to understand who's involved and how they're involved um and what are the conditions you know and once we are able to map those things out we are able to say what design decisions need to be made to improve um that specific geography for those specific people 
and and then we can zoom out again and have this planetary view. But if we if we don't do this work of zooming in into specific uh, places along journeys of of supply chains, for example, and really understand what who's involved, uh, where and when, and what that means for that community. Um, it's not possible to to say that we're designing in this planet-centric way. To end our conversation, I'd like to talk about your PhD research, which was based on the notion of qualities and what role they play in design. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? I'll tell you what, where this where this emerged from. So uh, very early on in my in my PhD, um, I was working with different uh, sustainable food businesses um, around the world. So, um, like a, a small uh, family uh, business in India, a very tech startup, uh, sustainable food production in in San Francisco, um, one in Berlin, which now has become a huge business, um, and a couple others in Portugal. So I I was trying to create this like world view of how people. Um, people engage in growing food um, sustainably and tackling problems around um, food um, production and agriculture and um, ultimately um, feeding for their community. Um, and I wanted to compare how different uh, contexts were dealing with some of these questions around climate and agriculture and And so that, that was the context of it. And then I came across this very early paper from Enzio uh, Manzini, and he talked about these qualities. Um, and, and he mentioned a couple of, of things that he was sensing. So he, he was sensing relationships were important um, and uh, bringing people together around a shared interest, helping them solve um solve uh, issues for themselves and and for me that be, really became the the starting point when when I started asking how are these businesses these small food producers around the world um, creating or enhancing qualities within their community that makes them thrive or that helps them thrive so what is it that they're doing Um, that is special? Um, how are they rallying people around their, um, their mission, you know, their, their, their concerns around sustainable food production? For me, it's really what, which was the, the big learning of, of, my, of my research then is, is to say we need to understand the local um, qualities for every project that we do um, in whatever whatever industry we're, we're dealing with, whether it's uh, sustainable food production or uh, well-being and healthcare or mobility, we need to understand wh what are the qualities for people in that given context and what should we call them, like how do we label them? And then ultimately, how, how do we make these work for, for them? So how to amplify the things that are already important. Um, so I think that that's really the, the work of, of any researcher, in a sense, is to make the, the invisible things visible and, and, and then working with them once everyone else can see 
as well. It's a, it's a great way of uh, of uh, thinking about your work. I think is like a way of asking questions, making things visible, and also going from the the local to the global, and from the global back to the local. So. Um, I think maybe this this notion of quality uh, is a, is in itself a, a great metaphor for your for your work. Um, thanks very much for for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Design Thinking Roundtable podcast, produced by the Social Innova Hub, the Sys Lab at Nova SBE, in partnership with the Design Lab at NYU Makerspace. If you think this episode may be of interest for someone in your community, share it and don't forget to tag us. Our Twitter handles are Social Innova Hub and NYU Makerspace. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.